This is the Complete Discography Podcast, where I, Darren Hupke, and my co-host, Austin Johns, break down the entire catalog of some of our favorite bands. Season one, we are focusing on the Alkaline Trio. We hope you enjoy the episode. But yeah, all right. Well, we're going to talk about Crimson or Crisman. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Crimson Heads. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Resident Evil. The whole new remake. gimmick in that remake. Yeah. Was that something you had to beat it and then they came in the second playthrough? They were there, they were there in the first playthrough. My memory is they were there in the first playthrough. They were just like reanimate, like ones you thought you had killed and were dead would next time you come back to the room potentially be alive again with like a bloody red head and they'd be super fast they could like run at you or whatever yeah that was a good gimmick good old crimson heads <laughs> the crimson heads for all the crimson uh, fans out there that's what i like to call them crimson heads <laughs> you got your dead heads and you got your all crimson, crimson heads. Yeah. <laughs> uh this uh came out in may 2005 and I was looking back at our notes of the previous one. That's exactly two years after Good Morning. Two years after, wow. Yeah, because the last one was released in May as well. So exactly two years. I just mean like, wow, that's like not that long of a time frame for like how different of an album it is, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 But, yeah. Yeah, it was recorded. The I was reading like a little interview with Dan about it. They spent like more time up to this point, more time like preparing for this and recording this album than previous ones. And I guess um, like Jerry Finn, like even came to Chicago and like listened in on their practices to help give them like feedback and just like song suggestion, like structuring ideas and stuff like that. Whereas typically they would just like show up to the studio and then get like notes and maybe do tweaks and all stuff then and there. But he kind of helped in advance. So Hmm. the most like, work went into this one up to this point uh yeah. another fun anecdote i read was that this the, they had a, a tentative title for it i'm not sure if they were like actually considering it or if this was just like you know what they were calling it until they said it, it was called church and destroy i remember that because i remember hearing that before the album came out and i was like oh that's an awesome name and i remember being mildly disappointed when it came out it's just crimson yeah church and destroy i think would have been way radder like just having a t-shirt like you know just said church and destroy or i mean who knows what the artwork would be like plus like you know from like starting with from here to infirmary i guess they it would have gone with that theme right because it was from here to infirmary like and then good morning but it's morning and then church, i don't yeah. know it's like that silly kind of whatever yeah. play on words ish this not terribly clever but fun you know yeah this isn't this is just crimson, just crimson. Yeah. straight up get that spooky factor you know right out of the gate that darkness uh count just right in the title blood red crimson um what were you uh what was 2005 oh yeah i remember now 2005 may 2005 uh i was me and nicole had moved out to arizona and we were living out in arizona with you this was technically post high school yep i graduated the year before so for sure living at one of those apartments i'm not really sure which one at that time but it was yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly which work which one it was. I think it was probably like that Casade Topaz or something like that. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> what uh, was the the colony? Was the last one? The colony was the last the, stop. The colony. The one that wrecked the credit for quite a while until it finally went <laughs> off the books. <laughs> Good times? Question mark. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. I remember getting the album. Then I don't remember where. 
it was purchased probably Zia Records or something like that. I mean, I physically owned a CD of it, so you know, had to got it from somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I do remember also uh, we got that uh, iPod, that first iPod we ever had uh, was at this around this time, and uh, this was one of the f- first albums you know that was just ripped to a computer and then synced to an iPod. So trying to listen back to it that way was just kind of fun. I mean, at the time. Because you had to have CDs, or in our cars that didn't have CD players, like that little cassette tape thing with oh, the auxiliary cable thing coming yeah. out to try and play a CD player that you then tried to like bring with you into the car or whatever yeah. maybe. Uh, never really good or convenient ways to do it if you didn't have a CD player. No, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, what was going on? I mean, we were both living together, so it's not like we we're telling each other what was going on, but that was post high school living in apartments just working jobs that jobs whatever yeah. brought money in and whatever helped 19 18 year old people get by yeah i remember not really like struggling for money at all you know not to say that i'm struggling now but it just seemed like way less responsibility let's just put it that way yeah it was like the well, stakes no didn't really feel too high about anything you know where it was kind of like oh yeah well you know yeah we can For just sure. spend money on records and like you know, yeah. You kind of just spend some stuff, video games or whatever. And... Yeah, I remember spending a lot of money on video games and just like just tapping out like money. Like you know, if the checking account was low, it wasn't really a big deal. You're going to get paid in two weeks, and there wasn't really other concerns. No, uh, rent wasn't that high too. Splitting it across, you know, multiple ways and everything, it just never really felt like that crazy. So, no, even on like really low paying jobs, it was like, oh man. Yeah, I'm not struggling at all with this. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What else? Oh, I was about to say something else about it. This record or this time, maybe not. I was thinking of something. Oh, we uh, we had seen them play at that Warp Tour when we went out that one summer at like that Peoria Sports Complex or whatever it was called. I don't remember what it was called, but it was outside. We saw them play. Yeah. It was super hot. And, fuck, yeah. yeah, Arizona Warp Tours. I mean, Warp Tours already are hot probably wherever you go, but yeah. how they do them and decide that it's safe and okay to do like in a Arizona <sighs> summer is it's wild. I guess they don't do them anymore, but um I know, why didn't they get like an arena that they could rent out or something? There's plenty of them around, right? I mean, I guess yeah. it limits limits, you know. Well, it's kind of hard to do indoors, I guess, right? It's a it's a huge festival, but Yeah, I don't know, but 110 degree plus weather like like body heat and just like dirt and asphalt lots and like i don't know like i'm wondering if there was like how many medical problems there were you know on a daily basis for them like in those hot spots like they had had to have like yeah like dehydration and yeah yeah i think that might have been the one where for like they didn't play the whole song but they just like Skiba randomly kind of broke out into like a, it's a nice day for a white <laughs> wedding, like just yeah. briefly, and then they just segued back into some other stuff that they were doing. It was, yeah, it was maybe they helped. didn't. Maybe they realized they didn't all know the full songs. So they kind of like jammed to a riff, and then there was like, yeah, this is it was just that part though. It was yeah, just kind of like okay, well, um, yeah, I remember that warp tour, and I remember, I mean, having gone to a few of them in Arizona, I remember, I think it, we went to, I want to say it was one in um, L.A. Two of us did. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember it being like pretty much on the water. Um, and 
God, I just remember that feeling so much better than being at the ones in Arizona. I was just like, oh, wow, there's like a breeze. It's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, like, I remember there just being miscellaneous trees and stuff at one of the ones in, in L.A. Because uh, it wasn't like in a total 100% parking lot or like track and field, like um, outdoor field thing. It, like, yeah. I don't know, but like, just it was just different. That That one location they chose that year was just miserably hot. And yeah. no, no relief from it. Yeah. Uh, but that's what that's that was 2005. So completely converged on buying the record and listening to it all on release. No uh, disparities between times or gaps there. Uh, after they released it, they did do a tour. Uh, not not necessarily Warped Tour, but um, right after release with Death by Stereo and Rise Against and a few other bands, I guess. Um, which hmm. I mean. My age, you know, at that time would probably have liked to have seen Death by Stereo and Alakalin Trio play together. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah, uh, definitely didn't go to that. Didn't do that, but that fall, then they did the uh, that Occult Roots tour with Against Me. Um, I remember specifically wanting to go to it, but I think they only played in Tucson. I don't think they played in Phoenix, and so it was like, yeah. eh, maybe not, and so ultimately didn't go. Um, your friend Aaron went to that show, though, I remember. <clears throat> Uh, him talking about that a lot, um, or talking about that, and I've, I've heard him talk about it, and me and him have talked about it. But uh, that was that was kind of cool. That's um, that was kind of a cool tour. They had some of the footage of that on that one, um, uh, like that goddamn it re-release. You know, there's some yeah, footage yeah. of them playing live shows then and everything. And uh, probably some like the Rialto Theater or something. I bet. Yeah, I've been there once. That's probably where it was. Yeah, been there a couple uh, times as well. But I just feel like that's where people play. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see, last thing, just about the package itself. I mean, the cover art, uh, I think we talked about it on the last episode or whatever about how it looked, but it was just uh, the drummer, Derek, kind of like in a bowler cap or whatever he's in. Uh, <laughs> and then like the woman, like faintly in the background, like full faced, was so like, he was at the time girlfriend or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like fiance or something like that. Or like maybe think they even were married or now they're, they're now they're not married. But um, yeah, boom permanently on that album cover right there yeah um but cool well what 13 tracks 43 minutes in total length was what the album was and uh yeah any any other like anecdotes or memories or uh unique things you've you've heard about the album that you want to share before we get into it no not really i just i remember listening to this a lot when it first came out just like on repeat for a very long period of time. I don't know. I was just kind of thinking, cause like there's like lots of memorable, like B sides on other albums. I'm not really aware of like what B sides were from this one necessarily. Mm. If any, I'm not, there might be some, but I'm just not, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. I wonder. And now that I'm thinking about that, I don't really remember like any ones that stand out. Cause there's, what was, what was that? Wait for the blackout. Didn't they cover? Yeah. They covered uh, the damned order. Yeah. But they did that on, um, like a split with One Man Army, but that had like early version, an early version of like Sadie and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So there was there was stuff that existed kind of before it that they were like working with that the only thing they I, brought to it. Was maybe the dance song "We Can Never Break Up"? Was that possibly a B side from this? I don't know. Yeah. The sounds yeah. I think it might be able to fit, but I'm not sure. Yeah. 
maybe we uh, should have looked that up before. Not that this is supposed to be some kind of uh, top to bottom, all inclusive, one hundred percent. This is just you know, wildly like, speculating and let the let the people do their own research. Yeah, yeah. If you guys are interested, you can look it up. I will look it up after the fact, and uh, I'm curious to know what other scraps kind of uh, came from this. Yeah, because uh, they're probably good. Um, cool. Well, let's just jump into it, Dan. Um, the first song on the entire album, uh, Time to Waste. I'll play that right now. Yeah, the uh, opening song. I I don't know why. Still to this day, um, I like the interesting decision to like you know slowly build it in, get some piano going on, have some fun with that. Uh, but I kind of wish it just kicked it off right out of the gate, you know, just to go. I like sometimes will like want to skip this song, even though I like it, just to like get right into the music and let it just be a like one after another type of thing. But I still like the song a lot. Yeah. Um... I actually completely agree. I like the song quite a bit. It's you know good song on the album, but that and at the time when it came out, I didn't really mind as much like the intro. I think it was just like a different you know. I don't know. It's just like it was like a different time. Like you'd put on a CD and kind of like let it do its thing. Now it's kind of like you, you know, grab your phone and put on your headphones or whatever, and like you just kind of want to get it going a little bit. So I will skip that intro quite a bit when I'm listening yeah. to it because it just like takes too long to kind of get going. And I don't know for like. For like an intro track, it's just kind of like, yeah, just kind of get to it, you know. But good song. Yeah, well, as, as soon as those guitars hit, like I'm into it. I do love it, and it's just odd that it, you know, they had that slow kind of build up. But I, I guess, you know, for what know, this you're... album is, I, I get it though. It's kind of like they were trying to be more maybe you know polished or maybe mature or something with it. It seemed like you know, yeah, um, kind of, yeah, but um. It's just too long, and it kind of like fades in slowly too, so it just feels extra long. Yeah. Well, this right now is my number one song on the album, uh, by default. It's uh, right now. It's at the bottom of my list. It's also at the top of your list. <laughs> it's also at the top. Of, yeah. Uh, the uh, this is definitely a, a darkness count on this one. Um, 
in like that second verse, you know, like like they're waiting like vultures and uh, eyes rolled back. Yeah, yeah, like there's there's a lot of cool um, yeah imagery that's kind of painted with the lyrics there. And I'm not gonna lie, I think for a decade after this album release, I never knew the lyrics to um, like when it was like after it says like such a basket case. Oh, I. I didn't know what was being said there. And then, so like, I finally read the lyrics and it's like, hide the cutlery. Oh, okay. Like now I can hear it. And, uh, like, but forever I was just like, I don't know what they're saying, but whatever, you know, it's just a little throwaway line. I'm sure it's with something, but when I, when I finally read what it was, it was a little embarrassing. I was like, Oh geez, this just took way too long to like realize what was being said, but now I can hear it. Uh, but yeah, it's a good song. I like the, the, dynamic it's about you know like just you know, two different people like having time to waste and not being sorry for it you know clearly like some kind of relationship or friendship or something like that that's kind of gone by the wayside because of somebody and then like kind of self-admitting that you were a part in that because you had time to kill you know but it's dead and buried like clearly that's gone like it's it, it's been killed it's dead like i got all i was going to get out of this kind of connection or relationship or whatever it may be and have yeah. moved on but it's just like the two faults and the two parties involved and and some kind of connection here um i think it's kind of neat i also like it because it's it's something i can kind of try and extrapolate out of because some of the songs on this album are also kind of artistic and i'm just not quite sure what they're going for uh, beyond just kind of enjoying it for what it is like the art and the imagery of the lyrics yeah, this is probably one of the only ones you can kind of have a little bit of a concept for, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a few, but like, yeah, this one, it's still on the vague side, I think. But yeah, there's yeah, you know, you a can... story being told there. Um, cool. Well, let's move on to the next track, uh, which is called The Poison. quick that was yeah. 35 seconds it had its first verse and full chorus out of the way it just hits you with it and goes yeah it, sometimes it seems like you know with them having two um songwriters that it's like they're both like writing you know what could be an opening track or they're both writing what could be a closing track and stuff i could like that would have been a fine opener for me you know it just kind of gets going yeah, I, I agree. Think it fits perfectly where it is, but if you were, if it was just like a Dan album, it feels if he was the only writer, that would probably open the, the album. Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. Especially with being only two minutes, I, I like to think that some albums, like some, like what is that one? Um, Against me as the Eternal Cowboy, like it opens with that like TSR song, and it's like yeah. a minute and forty seconds, and it just kind of like kicks you off, and then it gets into other songs and stuff. I like it when there's like a, a kind of a short blast just to kind of be like all right, here we go. And then you can expand upon your concept or whatever it is. But either yeah. way, like the sequencing now works, but I definitely get like a two, that's barely crosses a two minute threshold at two minutes and four seconds. So like that easily could have just like opened it up and kind of moved on. Um, Dan mentions the 
back pain that he likes to mention a lot in songs. That's yeah. a recurring theme. It's funny how it just has aging and just kind of like uh, just discussing that as a kind of like a, a disappointment or just like a, a a messed up part of his life. It's just kind of like things aren't good and it's only getting worse from here type of thing. Yeah. Um, it also feels like some of his songs on this album are like he's in a funk of like that self-deprecating like um like on the down spirits type of thing like like with this song you know like comparing like the rooftop view in london to brooklyn like it doesn't matter like he doesn't give a shit and like just kind of drinking to forget type of vibe um you know i think that's it feels like that's where he was at with some of his songs on this album yeah um like that that guitar riff's really fun too on this one yeah, you don't really hear like that leading kind of like like uh, stuff out of Alkaline Trio. It's usually kind of like riffs and and stuff like that. But it's cool. Um, talks about piss and stuff like that in it too. You know, so that's always good when you get uh, graphic and everything. Uh, one other final fun anecdote about this. Um, not that I'm some uh, prestigious comic book or book writer or anything. Uh, but all of my comic book or like short stories or any of my products that I do, I've like up to this point continued this um, where all of the titles are song titles of all of my projects. And so I did this like like ridiculous post-apocalyptic cartoony Mad Maxi thing called uh, El Toxico. And that's the poison. <laughs> like that's where I got the name from. Has nothing oh. to do with the song. Has no influence from the song whatsoever. But I just wrote the name. I was like, ah, the poison. Hey, this story's about this exterminator. It takes place in like a, a wasteland in Mexico. Like, yeah, his name will be El Toxico, and that's just <laughs> where it came from. Uh, I always thought that was fun. Um, cool. So after what well, time to waste was was one of the longer songs on the uh, album. Short and Sweet, Poison by uh, Dan. Now we get into Burn, which is another one of the longer songs on the album by Matt. I'll play that now. There's a lightning storm Each and every night Crashing inside you Like motorbikes we toss and turn, sleep so loud, grind the teeth in our, our empty mouths are empty. There's a forest fire, burning bright, spreading quickly towards our last rites. Your thoughts on that song? I want to hear them. Um, I love the music in that song. Um, just like lyrically and vocally, it kind of doesn't really do much for me, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, I, I like the song. It's it's not. I don't like 
have anything against it. It's it's kind of slower and longer as well. So, um, yeah. So there's sometimes I'll skip that one. I guess. Oh man, yeah. Uh, I love that song to death, and I didn't used to like on my my first listings of the album alt stuff. I was like. Or is this like overswinging on production? Is this like overswinging on like this like direction? Like they want to maybe go for this album. Uh, and same thing, like for tempo reasons, I just want to hear more. And this really kind of like draw like draws out the album. Uh, but now, I love this song. Like th- like everything about it, I'm into it. It checks all my boxes for a uh, a solid, perfect alkaline trio song. Uh, I didn't mean maybe it's just age or whatever that kind of changed my my taste on it or something. I don't know, but uh, I am into it. Everything about it, sign me up. Yeah, but, don't get me wrong. I like the song still because, like I said, I really love the music. Actually, yeah. like it's just like has such a cool, just like just a cool different sound from them in there. But um, God, it's just those lyrics. I think where I'm just and <laughs> just like the tempo and everything that Skiba is kind of going with. It just doesn't, yeah. Not crazy about that aspect, but it, it's it's good. You know, it's it's fine. It's funny though. In that opening one, uh, it says like crashing inside you like motorbikes. Um, but clearly, like Skiba, if you've ever like followed him on Instagram or seen anything, or even like my shame is true and all that stuff like motorcycles or something he's into. Uh, so it's just putting it all out there, dude. This is this is me. This is what I like. Here's some lyrics. Boom, hit song done. Um, I love. I get the end too when it like completely breaks down, and it's like that like hell and like kind of builds up, and then it kicks yeah. back into the chorus one more time. The I just feel like the drums are different. They're like, um, they're they're like really catchy and all that stuff, and they kind of like drive the rhythm. And like the bass is just like, when that kicks in is like bubbling through and everything. So like the guitar like does sound simple and it has that like reverb effect. But then once it all like kicks in together like that, yeah, like the music for the whole back back end of the song is like super cool, super interesting. Yeah, uh, but I was that, thinking about the lyrics of the rest of the song. I guess so. I think this for sure gets a darkness count on it. Oh yeah, um, the poison I don't think does. No, I don't think it does. It's just kind of in my mind going through these a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the poison. I was like thinking about it because it does it does get like dark, but I think it gets just dark emotionally or or human human spiritly and not necessarily dark in the what we are classifying um but burn i think we'll, we we would count yeah uh, um, quite a bit and yeah stuff in there yeah uh next song is another one of the the singles or kind of like more familiar songs from the album uh but it's mercy me so let's play that Sick. I took a long walk straight back home. I could have walked back to San Francisco. I used to long for a time alone. I used to long for a place of my own. And I'm losing faith in everything. I'm lost, so lost. I'm lost at sea. Call my own. I never had a problem facing fear, but I'm 
Uh, yeah, that's a really good song. I, I like it because it was another one of those ones that uh, you get Dan and Matt together in it. Uh, again, I think that every time they do help feature with each other, it always makes a song just kind of like stand up, like even better. Um, in the, we didn't really talk about it, but uh, in Time to Waste, like there's a little bit of Dan, I think, in it, right? I think he has like a like backing like might something on like saying that. that you hear it. Uh, and I'm not sorry. He might be in the background on that yeah, part. Yeah, I thought there was just a noticeable other appearance of Dan, but not in a way like this where he just completely takes a few lines and is part of the chorus and everything. But uh, but this is cool. I'll always love it when they combined. It's just got a good up tempo um, style to it, and uh, like Skiba's evolving like choruses and verses that aren't exactly the same, but um, are. Formulate, formulated the same. He like starts in San Francisco and goes to Chicago. Um, uh, checks kind of all the boxes. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this one. Um, I mean, I've listened to it so many times. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't say burned out on it, but yeah, it's it's definitely up there for me in on um, songs in this album. Um, I mean, like you said, you know, the Dan and Skiba combo pretty much. I don't think has ever missed. They actually, the rare occasions that they actually do it. Yeah. Um, and then it's just like yeah, Skiba using the class. He likes to throw, you know toss out the locations in his songs a lot. Yeah, a lot of times it's you know Chicago or San Francisco. Um, his, his two homes, and uh, I want I want to know if like in modern songs he'll ever throw in like Los Angeles or something like that, and just like you know a third verse and just kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I wondered about that too. Actually, because I mean he's lived there for some time now. It doesn't yeah. sound like he ever really mentions. That in the same way. Yeah, not really. Yeah, I can think of. Yeah, the uh, <clears throat> at the time of recording this, uh, a couple weeks back, I'd seen Bad Religion and Alkaline Trio. I think I talked about going to see them in one of the previous ones. Um, I was lucky to be able to see both of the bands play their full sets, and it was great. Um, but the following night, or it was two nights later, or whatever, they played in uh, Austin, Texas, and Skiba was feeling under the weather or was losing his voice, and he actually couldn't sing. Uh, for whatever reason. So there's a YouTube video you can find of them playing Mercy Me, but it's Dan singing the entire song. Um, and it's funny hearing him reference like the Chicago and San Francisco and saying those lines. And like Derek, the drummer, like doing like backing vocals as well. He has like that, that kind of like lower, like a, I don't want to say spooky, but like that kind of lower monotone kind of like underlying lines that also fit the whole vibe of the song. Uh, but it was it was kind of cool to watch and see, and it's always just made me like, you know, it just reminded me again of that Dream album where they just do covers of each other's songs, and that's just something we all clearly want. And uh, I guess maybe it's not clear because they haven't done it yet. They could totally make a whole a bunch of money and just not write any new material, just re-sing their same songs but swap roles. Yeah, I really don't know why they didn't do that on that one. What was the name of that album again? Remains. Oh no, no, no. Um, like this addiction. Damnesia. Oh, damnesia. You, yeah, that's, that's it. Um, no, yeah, it would have been pretty interesting to see. I wonder, like, how the rest of that set went, you know, without Ski. Like, did maybe Dan play a lot of his own songs, or did he cover, like, quite a few uh, Skiba songs, I wonder, you know? Um, yeah, I... That would have been interesting to see, like, the whole thing, I think. Yeah, I don't know why there's not any more video that can be found or if there's just not fans in the audience who realized that they were witnessing some something unique if dan was singing more of them um they did play radio or they think they closed with radio 
<clears throat> and uh, there's a video of that. Some like uh, some woman from the crowd gets to go up on stage and actually sings it. I don't know if she's famous or if she's known for something else. Like you know, I don't know much about other things. Um, but she sang it and she did all right. In the video, you can uh, see it. Like she's clearly into it. She knows the song. She loves it. And she's got like an alkaline trio tattoo. She shows off. Um, so that's definitely probably some dream come true for her. Um, but she forgets the second verse and, um, like the band kind of catches it and kind of like, like keeps going into like another chorus and then like they wraps it up. So it's not like an embarrassing miss or anything, but they, she just like is in the moment singing the chorus. And then that like wraps her into like, kind of like the end of the song and singing the chorus again. So it like, uh, it's just interesting to see. They, they don't miss a beat. They manage to blend it perfectly, but you can see them like exchanging looks in the background with each other. Like, oh, ooh, um, let's just keep it going and uh, we'll keep going through here. And all right, she'll just finish it out this way. Sounds good. They're probably used <coughs> to playing it that way. Skiba often forgets. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's done it. Yeah. Time, so. 100% he's done it. Uh, it happens Maybe to the best. Song, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. So did I update my counter? What song was it? Yeah. So we got three Matt songs, one Dan song, and uh, track five is, uh, there's a typo on the uh, track title. They misspelled Deathbed. You know, I'm sure it was an accident, uh, but the track five is Deathbed. something um musically here too that i've i've always been a massive fan of and you have uh notoriously hated forever um i'll go ahead and play this and you let me know if you still hate this style of music playing and music writing Yeah, I don't know if I'd say I hate it, but I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan in this circumstance, let's say. <laughs> uh, we, uh, me and Austin had a, a little band between the two of us, uh, and we would both write songs for it and everything. And I remember when I would write some songs, I would sometimes want songs to end with like a, like a, a last screaming of a final like word or a couple words or something after the music has ended, like just to like ring out. Uh, and I just remember, uh, you never really being a big fan of like, uh, okay. Uh, maybe not that part. Uh, and 
always good times. Yeah, I, I um, like it. I, I don't. I wouldn't say that I hate it. I for this particular song, I don't really like it. I don't know. I don't really like the way it ends that way. I guess, but it, it doesn't bother me at all. But <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a this is a good song. Just to actually talk about the song itself. Um, I really like it a lot. It, it does have like that little one line um, that changes from Dan, like in the background that pops. <clears throat> it's got really good drums from Derek. Like when like, it starts, it's got like this, like the bass drum is not just like a static thing. It's got like a nice little double tap to it. And even in the chorus, <clears throat> it um, it gets like it gets fun and like playful with like a like, this little double snare hit at one point as it like evolves its rhythm. Like it's not at all like basic beats and all that stuff, which is what I love about Derek and like his songwriting with the band and this like every element of the music from, you know, the guitars to the bass, to the drums to the, the vocals and lyrics and everything um, I think are standout Clan trio work for sure. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of this one too. Um, yeah, really solid lyrics from Skeeb on this one. You know, tells a fun, fun story there. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, the album kind of starts to hit a pretty good stride for me. I think, like, not well. I don't know. Yeah, it's off to a super strong start. I mean, and nothing against Time to Waste. It's a good song, but like once it gets past that, for me, yeah. it starts to really kind of like just roll. You know, once it gets done wasting its time with Time to Waste, it yeah. uh, begins to roll pretty strongly. Yeah, and this is. I don't know when this role ends, but it's for sure in stride right now with this song. Yeah. And it's a good song. It's a relatable song for anybody who's ever been like kind of like dumped or, you know, had somebody kind of like leave them or anything. Um, I mean, I just like the story that it, it does share and like they tried everything and everyone, but you like, you just, you just want that one person you. back. Yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> uh, but it's a good song. One of the uh, standouts for me, I think on this album for sure. Um, but I've, I have loved every track so far up to this point, um, and we'll see how that continues. So let's keep it rolling then in Settle for Satan or uh, Settle for Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's supposed to be cheesy, but it's just always been kind of 
funny the delivery from schema there with like i guess we yeah this being an audio only podcast, um, there's always this like spooky fingers thing that like I want to do like when it's when he starts to like sing and it's almost like uh, you want to just have like that really like old grainy black and white footage of like a vampire lurking in the background, just like kind of like ooh uh, as he's singing it. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I mean. At this point, this is my favorite Dan song on the album, Over the Poison, for sure. The Poison's great, but um, I love this song. Um, and again, I love that, that Skiba gets to come in and play in the song. It immediately makes it good. Um, but that chorus is like, I don't know, it's one of my favorite choruses, I think, from Dan. Uh, it's definitely a counter on the darkness counter, for sure. Uh, it, says it's, yeah, it's, it says it itself, and it just clearly just continues in that. But also... Just reading the the final lines of the chorus, trying to not sing song this, but were the lies we tell to the eyes that roll in doubt are somehow out of our control. Like that is just a, a lot of like words that feel like it would be hard to write a melody to, but it's like were the lies we tell to the eyes that roll in doubt. Like he somehow <laughs> like plugs it in. And I don't know. I've never been a person who could like play music and sing at the same time, but for sure, like with the amount of like vocalization and like unique melodies that has to be played to t- like paint this whole picture and like use all these words. Uh, I, I couldn't do it. Uh, but it, I, lo- I love that chorus. Yeah. I actually, I didn't know what, what that part said. It never occurred oh. to me to look it up either. Yeah, well, let's uh, hide the hide the cutlery on this one. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah huh. I just actually, I like yeah, the delivery of it, and it it's really uh, good, yeah. it's also um, I kind of just like the poison. I feel like this is another song that clearly like feels like from Dan. It's just like down in his luck, Dan, and like you know maybe he maybe he had a breakup or or something like that that helped influence his writing for these albums, but like. Um, yeah. I not, think not at the time space. they were calling him Downer Daniel because he was just <laughs> such a bad mood. He was just down on his luck, you know? That's uh, <laughs> neither official nor unofficial, you know? We, you can't say it's a lie if you don't and have so any evidence to back it up. It. I mean, yeah. sources have said that they were calling him Downer Daniel. If he, if he wants to uh, debunk that, he can reach out to us and give us a call and appear on an episode and uh, tell us the truth. You know? Uh, I wanted to just say some kind of like fake news media joke, but I couldn't really come up with one really quick. Yeah, I'm uh, with you, man. Let's go, Brandon. <clears throat> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy who sells those shirts. Uh, he had those shirts printed up real quick. Uh, and if you want to know the success level of this man's business, it's located off the corner of Pecos and Sussman in four empty dirt lots uh, off the side of the highway. He pulls up a U-Haul truck and unloads a couple tables and sells T-shirts off of it and flags. Uh, and he's got quite a few uh, Let's Go Brandon T-shirts ready to go if you're uh, wanting to support and endorse. So he, he's, a, he's a staple there then? I see. Uh, and now he, he, this is his new product that he has because he... Maybe twice a week I see him there. There's also a person across the street from where he posts up at uh, that sells honey. You know, local AZ raw honey. So it's just the competition out there is like real uh, thin. He kind of has a monopoly on the t-shirt and flag market. Um, yeah, that's a good intersection, man. If you need to get your Trump-related t-shirts and flags, and then cross the street, grab some honey while you're over there. Yeah, they're really never there at the same time, though. The honey guy and the t-shirt guy are never there at the same time. They are different people, but 
they're just off the side of the road on a dirt shoulder on an intersection where there is literally no developments at all. It's just like one block over in all directions from where anything is on my drive to work. Yes, they must live in the area. It just seems like the, or maybe they know they won't be shut down. I guess maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that or maybe he uh, visits other different miscellaneous intersections and things, and he's got his like, Thursday stop or whatever is right there. I I don't know. I've never really made note of what day it is, but um, let's go, Brandon. Hot off the presses, he's got them. If you want them, come get them. Yeah. Don't get them. Um, the album keeps rolling for sure. I think that's another strong song. Uh, but then we do get into like the mid album track here, track seven, uh, which is Sadie. I'll play a little bit of that right now. Like um, that Donner Party Up All Night track is mm. just a uh, historical song concept about a real life event that happens and uh, that Skiba's clearly interested in um, with the Manson murders and everything. So, uh, yeah, interesting song. Uh, well, yeah, what do you got uh, thoughts wise? Yeah, I think I remember um, hearing that Skiba had just read like maybe a, you know, some kind of biography or autobiography, you know, or some, some book basically relating to the, the Manson murders and kind of got super interested in it. Um, I, this might be a hot take. I think this might be the best written Alkaline Trio song. Wow. If the songwriting is pretty much perfect. In my opinion, it's like, the, the, I love this song still. The only like negative I can say about it. And it's not even about the song or if, you know, you're someone's just picking up and listening to it. It's just that this song got like, so, much play because it it did come out on that split first mm-hmm. and then it was kind of re-released on this and i just remember hearing this song a lot even before the album came out yeah um but i still really like it and i still i do think it might be the best written out trio song yeah um uh, yeah it's it's awesome uh i i don't know i like these these the historical work that they do they, they they're their topics of choice like fit with their like band aesthetic and like um, just like the Donner Party stuff made me interested to look into that. Uh, I mean, like Charles Manson, the Manson murders, this is a famous like story and all that stuff, but like hearing about this here, like in the chorus, um, Sadie G, like referencing um, like Sadie Glutz, but that was like the, the 
I don't know, shared name or a fake name of Susan Atkins, which is the Susan A referenced in the same chorus. Uh, but it's just it's just neat because you get like factual information that just like tells like this almost sympathetic story to a person who did a, a actually like a terrible crime, but was potentially manipulated by an even creepier and terrible person. Uh, it's just yeah. worth looking into and like digging into the uh, uh, the actual case, and the actual facts and all the interesting things. The end of the song, there's actually uh, an excerpt of her testimony from the trial, and it's read by that Heather Hanora or Heather Gable, not at the time, but became Heather Gable and then back now, I guess. I don't know. We've talked about that. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Heather, the merchandise and artwork and friend of the band and everything. Um, she's the one actually doing that spoken word of her testimony at the end, which is kind of interesting. I never knew that. Oh, and that was another thing I read. I meant to bring this up at the top, and I don't know why I didn't have a note of that. But um, you, I think, will definitely be interested to hear this. So just like you you mentioned about him reading a book, like whether it was Helter Skelter or whatever it is he read. that It might have been Helter Skelter, honestly. I, I don't remember yet. Yeah, but I mean, I do remember reading about that too. Clearly, that's why he has a song about it here. Um, but the entire band, or at least Dan and Matt, from what I read in an interview, were both heavily reading and heavily into House of Leaves while writing this album. Wow. Yeah, so there's not necessarily like direct references per se, but they were both really into it. And that, like, um, I think was like both on like their reading lists and like yeah, interest lists and all that stuff while they were recording this, which you were a huge fan of that book and uh, yeah. inspired me to read 75% of it and never read, finished it for whatever reason. Um, and it, yeah. it, it, it makes sense thinking about it. Like you're talking about the, the structure and like, um, like this song, but like this album in general, like house of leaves is like, the book equivalent of that. Like there's so much like structure to it and creative play and how like the footnotes and like the storytelling are actually part of the characterization and intrigue that draw you into the story and like all this crazy stuff. Like like this could be their equivalent of that with their polish and reference and things like that. That's interesting. I, I didn't know that. And I've always wondered though, because on, it was on a, uh, I think it was the first, Matt Skiba in the Secrets album, he has a line in one of the songs where he's like, this house of leaves is a home. And I was like, oh, I mean, there's no, like, I mean, I was not never quite sure if he was like, you know, had read the book and like, that's where that, that phrase came from. Or if it was just kind of like, you know, that could just be a phrase being used, I guess. But it seemed a little coincidental to me at the time. Like, thinking oh, about yeah. it. Maybe. Uh, it seems then it's probably just a different, definite reference or callback to it. I would uh, think so. If he's read the book. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Actually, yeah, uh, the I song kind of makes sense for that, too, though. If I'm remembering right, yeah, yeah, it's worth looking into. I haven't listened to that uh, that album, that side album of his, in a long time, so that's worth revisiting. We'll probably have to talk about that if we do like a bonus or like a B side episode with like some of the scrap stuff. Maybe we'll talk about some of the side band stuff in the future. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll cover Blink One Eight Eight Two and uh, the side side band. Yeah, yeah you know, the, just the side stuff. stuff he does on the um, fun they, on the they side. Did the second album though. Um, yeah, that, the secrets. I not too long ago, over and then I kind of recently. Sorry, we're getting off topic here, but yeah, I listened to some of that recently. Yeah, that's some good stuff. I think it's definitely worth looking into because Dan's also done a few side things that I or may or may not have had production assistance in not going to brag uh, but my name is in the credits on a Dan album because uh, did I ever, I told you about that I think uh, the, uh, my friend Danny from California he worked with um, oh, yeah. Wiener Records and they, they put out the cassette version of his Dan in the emergency room and so 
to convert the album artwork to cassette, like I don't think anybody in house or they didn't really, it was like a small, like little operation, but my buddy Danny was like, Hey, you know, Photoshop, can you do this? So I scaled down all the artwork and adjusted it to be like foldable into a cassette. And because I did all that and it was like a raw Photoshop file, I was able to put in text, you know, cassette artwork rearrangements by Darren Hupke. And so like (laughs) I'm in the credits of this cassette release Never once did I ever get close or have an email or a phone number or have any chance to communicate or talk to Dan or have even like a tangential ability to do so. Uh, but I think it's still cool. I threw my name. It's very in there. cool. Do you own the? Do you own the? Tape? I got a copy of that cassette. Yeah, I'll uh, maybe when um, that comes time and we like do some kind of social media thing, maybe I'll post a picture of it um, with my name in it. But yeah, you know, me and me and Dan, you know, we've worked together. So yeah, uh, just just interesting fact for y'all. Uh, but cool. That was uh, Sadie. That was the longest song on the album, 438. So it, it technically isn't that much longer than Time to Waste. And it has that entire like spoken word ending, you know? So like yeah. that's just perspective on how long Time to Waste actually is. Uh, the next song, track eight of 13, is uh, Fall Victim. I'll play that now. good jam yeah um i don't know i'm debating on the uh the darkness count on that it's got some violence and it's got some uh the references of like the satanic like playing records backwards and stuff but um fell victim to double suicide yeah so what are you saying darkness yay or nay I'm kind of on the line on it as well. I'm just trying to think of other things that are darkness to try to. Um... Yeah, I mean the that that second verse, it's got like violence, you know, hit so hard across the skull, it buckled my legs, you know. Uh, you told me the the, the, the fresh from the I autoclave. I mean, I don't know. I think there's enough obvious ones on here. We can like let this one just be on the edge and not count so like we won't won't stretch yeah. it too far so, just going back and just is sadie on the list oh yeah well, that's just a reality right there. that's true yeah but it's a dark reality right it's i mean but it's not reality. a tongue-in-cheek a really, reality oh, murders that happened i don't know yeah. i think it, it should be on there but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's kind of a weird one because it's a, you know it's not often that they're talking about a real event yeah we're cutting we're counting that though uh, but yeah, I do, I do love, like this song a lot. And I didn't, I don't know if I said it about the Sadie or not, but, um, Derek Grant, again, doesn't phone in like, just like generic beats or anything. Like he hasn't at all yet in his career at this point with Alkali Trio, 
but this song has like really fun like drums to it even when it's just like the simple like the simple verse like we're not trying to do anything too fancy we're not trying to church it up too much but he's just got like a lot of fun little like fills and beats and rhythms like to what he's doing which i just it always makes like a a song like this i think with a bad or a bland drummer could be easily be a forgettable song um but like making the music kind of pop and have some fun kind of makes you i think want to listen to it a little bit more and then enjoy the song a little bit more yeah that's probably true because like i you know i like this song fine it's a good you know good solid song but it's probably more of a middle of the road kind of you know alkaline trio song for me but i mean you're probably right if there was like a, a lesser drummer it probably wouldn't be very much fun to listen to at all where it's it's a song i'll for sure like listen to and enjoy you know but the grand scheme of the album it's not probably one of my favorite songs or anything a little bit middle ground for me the grand skiba of things um it's yeah. right there there's been a right. lot of skiba songs we only have had only i believe two, two dance, two dance. Songs yeah song. uh but with that let's address that with i was a prayer which according to apple music is the only song with an explicit tag on this album um which is kind of interesting so maybe it's the plastic piece of shit well, yeah, yeah. I uh, it's probably shit, shit, but yeah, let's go ahead and get into uh, uh, track nine. I was a prayer right now. jam um kind of quick too like it doesn't have like like a a bridge that kind of like breaks it down or like an ending that kind of shakes it up or anything he just kind of has his formula to it and has some fun with it and um just a a good damn jam yeah i'm a big fan of this one big fan big big fan of this one i yeah uh just yeah, the story that Dan's telling, I just really enjoyed. He also he kind of comes back to this a little bit in like in vain a little bit, where there's like because in this in this song it's like felt sorry, so I felt a wrath come, you know. And then yeah. the other one, it's like you know he recognizes the shape, the back of your head. Like, Dan, are you in an abusive relationship? <laughs> yeah. No, so, um, I just really like the song. Uh, great lyrics. The music is like different enough, I think, from the rest of the album that it's you know has a, like a little bit of a fresher kind of sound with that guitar riff and just it, it doesn't sound it sounds quite a bit different i think than a lot of the songs the yeah from from like dan's history like he's like really comfortable on that mid-tempo sound but again like the drums here having like a lot more snare work and stuff kind of like make it feel like more upbeat and everything and it's like those guitars again like it is more like lead than like riff like style uh and everything so it does does definitely does have a different sound for the album so 
again, I think if any one of them phoned it in, it would definitely make the song potentially feel like a just a middle-of-the-road song. But because they clearly are having fun with everything that they're doing or like being creative with everything they're doing, like each one of them, it makes the song definitely way better um, than it could have been had they just phoned it in. Uh, yeah, and his play on words is top notch too. Just the, had a nice grip on my life. Do you twisted my, yeah. like the, you know, the way he just kind of extends that arm line at the end. Like, yeah, I just well, really he, like the song. His play on words and everything and, and just usage of words that like, again, that bounce in rhythm, but are also like, you know, like full um, is really yeah. good. Like wrath come ransom, like, like just the, what he's talking about and everything too. Like, yeah, it's a, what is he? Debbie or Downer? <laughs> Daniel Downer. Daniel Downer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, <laughs> it's another rough one for him, but a great song because of it. Yes. Uh, cool. Well, we're going to get into double digits on track listing. We're getting into prevent this tragedy. Oh, uh, darkness count. I say nay on that. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I don't, I don't think that counts. Yeah, I think it is emotionally telling a story, um, but it's not necessarily in that same, in vain with the rest. See what I did there? In vain. Uh, prevent this tragedy. Track 10. instrument is if that's just a guitar or something but um this it kicks off with the song and then ends the chorus um but it's always stood out to me um just kind of like that extra production value kick they put on this album um but i do like that because it makes the song stand out yeah i like that one um once it gets going it's got like a really nice tempo to it uh some fun lyrics from skiba definitely it makes the darkness count i think yeah um yeah, some some pretty clever lines in that one for sure. Yeah, he uh Skiba refers to um the West Memphis three on this. Um in the line he specifically talks about West Memphis please, like on the one of the final verses and everything. And I guess the song is just kind of um it's not written for necessarily, but it's just kind of inspired by the events of that for him and his interest potentially in that case. Like he's spoken out against that and they did there's been like Fundraiser, uh, possibly stuff, maybe. Yeah, once, yeah. There was, I feel like there was an album um, that there was like some kind of compilation that was raising money for them that a bunch of bands did things for, and Mesquiba helped. Um, that might be what stuff I'm thinking that. of. Yeah, I, I kind of vaguely remember that. Um, yeah, another interesting news subject that uh, was going on about a 
uh, homicide from like the early nineties or whatever. And these younger kids were falsely imprisoned. Uh, not really enough evidence to tie it to them, but they like brought in like satanic sacrifice and things like that to make these kids like look far more guilty than they really were. And, probably had nothing to do with it but were falsely imprisoned forever uh out now they're eventually got overturned and or not overturned but some weird legal thing where they admitted no fault in it but agreed that legally evidence could convict them so they aren't guilty of it but also are pleading to understand that they could be but because of time served and everything they're all um out which is crazy uh, more homework if you want to look into some just crazy historical events. Uh, I think that's the final one on this album. They got two. Uh, usually you're good for one, maybe. Uh, this one's got two, um, kind of. So there you go. Prevent this tragedy. Um, next song. Uh, these last couple have been a little bit interesting as far as like drawing some atmosphere out. I think this song just kicks right into it. Uh, but track 11, Back to Hell. realizing this album probably has the most songs where they're you get both dan and matt you know going at the same time for an extended period of time yeah yeah i'm i'm only counting like matt or dan so like like giving this kind of credit to matt but he's got like you know they they share that chorus again here i mean that's the same chorus the entire song and everything so um it definitely is you know a tag team on this one i really like it yeah the chorus probably saves the song too. Yeah, uh, we got a darkness count on this for sure. Oh um, yeah, that whole chorus is just you know deadly one through seven. Come on, dude, give us back our sins. Uh, the title of the song. Yeah, it's a, a it's a really good song, and it just brings back the energy. I don't think the album was like in danger of losing gas or losing steam at all um, at this point, but that one definitely kind of like kicks it back up before like the final two songs kind of close out the album. So uh, I think good sequencing to kind of plug that there. Um, 
and some good energy for it, for sure. We will move on to the second to last song uh, on the album, Your Neck. Well, the things that go bump in the night that you can't see Yeah, well, the mishaps that always happen in threes This ain't no rocket science, no big mystery Why the light of day is shown to us is absolutely meaningless to me out there not because the song's bad or boring by any means whatsoever uh, but it did kick off with the chorus actually for a little bit of change of pace uh hard hard darkness count come on dude you gotta right. watch your neck like all the things it talks about even like later in the ver- courses and everything uh it's it's so good or the things that go bump in the night bump that you can't night. see <laughs> And all the mishaps that always happen in threes, you know, like when that celebrity dies and they always go in three. And the Alkaline Trio, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, this one I used to think was just like too cheesy, but I I really like it now, you know? I don't know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it leans really heavily into like the cheese ball horror and stuff like that, but that's kind of the fun thing about this band a lot of the time. So, I mean, yeah. I, I like this song. I mean, having a good time is having a good time. Again, I think it's totally different than like, Man, I, I feel bad because I'm taking them to task again. But like Gutter Mouth, you know, or a, a band like that, you know, it's not like like slapstick just to be silly or anything. And again, never been a fan of Gutter Mouth. They might not totally be like that, but that's always the vibe I got from them. And I know I've like said that about them before on a previous episode. But um, the silliness here just feels a little bit different, and it's not like dumb. It's it just fits with them. And like um, sometimes maybe it's a little bit too much or too on the nose. Uh, but I think when you kind of age with it and you realize you're just having fun, like this is a song that definitely, if you're out and seeing them play it live, like you're probably going to be singing along with a smile on your face, like having a good time, like, and that's good. You want to have a good time. That's the whole point of why you're wanting to like listen to it and have some fun. So you can't fault it. Yeah. This has to be the wackiest song on the album. I think probably in terms of the lyrics and everything, it's just like, oh, wacky to wacky. it's awesome. Yeah. I don't remember. I think at the very end, I think there is some like Dan like backing vocals or something, but like it nothing like too crazy. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you're right though. The, the last, the very end, I think this. Yeah, he's kind of um, on that chorus. I think. Um. Yeah. So more like play between the two of them, which is definitely you know thinking back. There's I think the most play between the two of them together um, on this one album for sure at this point. Uh, but that brings us to. Uh, wait, that was a Matt song. Let me make sure I update my count. Uh, last song on the album we've got is Dan closing it out, uh, which is uh, a, another change, which is interesting and cool. But closing it out with Smoke, last song.
it, it feels like um, I've read in an interview that he's actually, he had that song written for a while and he like played with different ways of delivering it, like acoustic style, um, like kind of trying to make it a little bit more up-tempo. Then like he just like kind of struggled with liking parts of it and hating parts of it. And uh, I mean, that's what it ended up being settled as is that version, which I think is great. Um, but I could totally be like one of those like, like Skiba acoustic closer type things, or at least like a, a hybrid acoustic closer. Like I could see a, a version of it, like playing like that with just the way that lyrically, cause it's, it's a little more like, um, you know, like just another like heartbreak down in the dumps type of song for him. Um, you know, like I wish that I wrote you, uh, one original note, uh, is like that last line in that chorus and everything. But, um, I could just, you know, it's kind of personal and definitely has um, some emotional weight to it, uh, but comes out like a really interesting, like musical choice for like a closer. Yeah, I, I like this one quite a bit. Um, it's always hard to wrap your head around the the beginning of that chorus, right? Like what he's saying, like what what is he saying? Like, yeah, is he trying to communicate right now? It's like yeah. the I wish I don't wish. Yeah, I wish I, still, <laughs> I don't wish I still smoked. And then I wish that I wrote you one original note. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I think at this point, I don't, yeah, they pretty much just, it seems like trade off on who gets to, to this point, I think on who gets to close an album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Like Dan's yeah. turn, I guess, but um, yeah. it's a great closer though. I mean, it's, it's the only other song on here that I think would make sense to close out this album, but um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. This, so I, I found this to be the hardest that we've done so far to rank i think oh yeah 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 i've got a ranking right here in front of me but i mean i could re-rank it right now and probably have a completely different list uh i just literally forced myself to just gut it and just ah, slap slap it where i just instinctively wanted to slap it and looking at it i'm like i hope this doesn't mean I, i don't like this song because i do like this song um but yeah, so we'll let's share our rankings. Uh, ultimately, the final count is nine Matt songs, four Dan songs. It is like for 13 tracks, it's one of their longer albums. It's their longest album at this point. Um, but um, that split too, it's like, you know, interesting. You'd think there'd be at least another Dan song or you could maybe cut a Matt song. But the fact that they play together, you know, a little often in both of their songs um, is good. And then the uh, that darkness count, hit double digits it's uh it got to 10 <laughs> 10 of 13 there uh so this is technically their darkest album to date uh, on our uh, darkness scale which is also yeah fun. that trend will continue i think for a little while longer for them yeah i'm curious to know how these uh next couple albums like line up with uh the number of tracks there um but yeah be, let's wrap the episode up and we'll uh share our song rankings and then we'll share where the album ranks um in general on our list so uh number one i'm gonna share it because it might surprise you uh my number one on this album is burn yeah i'm not surprised actually i I know that you love that song yeah that is my favorite song that is yeah love that song numero uno yeah uh my number one is i was a prayer I was a prayer. Okay, yeah, that that's song. a good one. That's. I mean, I, 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 I don't think there. No, I don't think I know. There is not one that I am like mediocre on or lukewarm on on this whole album. Um, so I could totally buy that. 
I threw at number two, um, Deathbed. Um, hmm. A fun one. It had some of that like uh, kind of campy vibe to it and everything, but I just like the lyrics and I like the delivery of it all. Um, Deathbed. Nice. Um, yeah, this was just really hard to rank these, but uh, for number two, I went ahead and plugged in uh, Sadie. Sadie. Okay. Yeah. That works. Uh, like I said, it might be their best written song ever. Yeah. Not my yeah. favorite song necessarily, but it's just really well done. Yeah. Uh, my number three, Back to Hell. I like that quick kick of energy, uh, and I like that chorus, and I like the way that they play together on it, uh, but that's just a, a good enough, simple enough um, song that uh, checks all my boxes. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so number three, I went ahead and put uh, Mercy Me. I have Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good, good selection. Number four I picked was "Settle for Satin." Um, that is my favorite dance song on the album. Uh, Ooh, wow! Yeah, it's funny that it only fit at number four. I personally, just in my head, I always feel like I don't give Dan enough credit, or like I favor Skiba more than Dan sometimes. But they're both great. But like in these like album rankings or the the song rankings, it's always like Matt songs for me that are on top. Um, but yeah. That's where uh, that first Dan one fits for me. Yeah, in my head, I definitely think like, oh, yeah, Skiba is probably the one that I would, you know, that I like more of his songs, I guess, in my head, I think that. But then thinking back, I think I've chosen like a Dan song as like a number one song a couple of times now. I only did that for uh, Maybe I'll Catch Fire. I put Maybe I'll Catch Fire as number one. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, number four, I've got The Poison. The Poison. Good old El Toxico. Uh, that same, I like that song for the same reason I like Back to Hell, because it is just like short and just kind of kicks the punch out and um, right out of the gate. Uh, number five for me, Fall Victim. That made it, uh, you mentioned it being a little bit of a middle-of-the-road song for you, and that's, I mean, I guess technically top third, I mean, top, top half for me, but it is getting kind of the middle of the road there. Yeah, this is just so hard. Uh, number five, I've got uh, Smoke. Smoke. Smoke at five. So how many Dan songs is that for you then in your top five? That's three Dan songs in the top five. Yeah, wow. Oh. Uh, six for me is Mercy Me. I still don't have another Dan song yet, uh, but that's, again, weird. I could totally resequence this uh, and get a whole different list, but that's where I, I stuck to my gut and landed on Mercy Me there. Uh, six, I went ahead and put, uh, Your Neck. Your Neck. <laughs> it's just a fun song. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I did seven was I Was a Prayer. So that's where Dan fit for me there. So it's his second appearance for me. Uh, yeah, good song. Just good jam. So number seven, I've got, uh, Deathbed. Deathbed fit seven for you. Yeah. My next one was just like yours, Your Neck. Um, fits around the same spot for me because it's just a good fun song so now i've got number eight and it's a uh, burn burn yeah, burns eighth place apparently i don't know yeah i mean i don't know if you've realized what i have not said yet but my last one is interesting and i'm curious to know <laughs> your response to it but again the album is just i think in my gen like general opinion there's not a mediocre song on it yeah uh but prevent this tragedy it was after your neck for me at number what is that eight Nine, yeah. I think, or nine, eight. Was that eight? 
Well, that was my next one. Last one I said was your next, so my next one's Prevent This Tragedy, yeah. And that was number nine. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, that was my nine. Yeah. That's funny. I have the exact same thing. Number nine, Prevent This Tragedy. (laughs) That's where they line up, right there. Yeah. Uh, Time to Waste is my ten. Time to waste is also my number ten. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, but, but it's different because you've already said all these three. But uh, my eleven is smoke. Really good song, but it somehow ended up in the bottom three for me. Yeah, um, eleven for me was back to hell. Back to hell. Get it back right. down to the bottom of that list. The, uh, the, the poison was twelve for me. Um, I still love the song, but uh, it just ended up twelve. 12 for me is Settled for Satin. Settled for Satin. That was my fourth. That was my number one dance song. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. My and here you go. Uh, my last song, if I was to rank them in order of my favorites just right now in this moment, somehow Sadie ends up being 13 for me, which is that's crazy because it's such a good song. Yeah. I mean, it's just a reflection of the album, I think. Yeah. Um, 13, I went ahead and put uh, Fall Victim. Fall victim yeah. to double suicide. All the way to the last spot. On your television. Heard your records backwards once too many times. Um, Oof, that's a quality so, album there. Yeah, and be- with that being said, I realized this a couple days ago when I started thinking about if we were going to record the episode. Um, I think I just have to do it. Uh, this is my number one album right now. Wow. This is, this like, all these songs. Like, there's not one that's, like, like phoning it into me. Like even the songs that we felt are middle of the road, I still like love the drums or like love the music to it and everything. And even when the the lyrics get too kind of like off script and are a little too campy, um, it's never like it's never derails the, the the track enough for me to like hate it. Like I like I love them all. And uh like it's just weird how that worked out. And I was trying to force myself to rethink it. Like, well I I can't say this is better than Good Morning or for Hamidu Infirmary. Like, that would be insane. But, I mean, who am I fighting here, you know? I mean, like, I, I just got to go with where it stands right now. And if, when we're all done with this, I want to consider resequencing them, maybe. But I'm going with my gut. I'm just going to make a quick call and say Crimson is my current number one ranked album of theirs. Wow, so for the, your total list then right now is what, Crimson? Crimson, Good Morning, From Here to Infirmary, Maybe I'll Catch Fire, God damn it. Hmm, okay. Yeah, this was a tough one. Uh, for me, this slots in at third for me. So it's for me right now. It's from here to infirmary. Good morning, crimson. God damn it. Maybe I'll catch fire. The only ones that we are aligned on is good morning being two. Everything else is different for us, hmm. which is interesting. But the band speaks to us in different ways. Uh, both still love them. They're it's a lot still like good the stuff. Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> WWJD. Uh, so that's cool. So highest darkness count, longest album, um, one with the most like variants so far, and like trying things different with some of those like like guitar sounds and like synthesizers or piano and like just kind of different work on the album. And definitely younger me thought maybe they overswung and polished it up too much, and I don't think I really enjoyed it as much then. But yeah. It's done a complete turnaround for me as an adult, and um, it's just a really good mix. Yeah, I would agree. At the time, I thought, like, oh, it's a little bit too kind of polished. And yeah, I don't really feel that way now at all. You know, 
They yeah. never they never went back to this quite this level of like uh, even when they went to a major label like this level of like production I guess you know what I mean Yeah For some reason I thought this reason, was yeah, their first uh, major label debut like I thought this was that first album I'm like oh yeah that makes sense why it sounds this way but this was still on Vagrant this was yeah. uh, they ended up doing this and then they do Remains as like that B sides and the kind collection. of like yeah, yeah like uh, whatever yeah, contractual agreement they had to like put one more out with them to help them out but then uh the next one is their major label album on epic irony and irony right yeah 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 so that's interesting but um yeah you this totally to me just sounds like this would be that major label um like outing for them and everything so we'll have to compare it and see what we think when we talk about um agony and irony on the uh, next uh, ish, the next episode i was gonna say issue Cool. Well, any final thoughts on the album? Uh, we'll wrap it up here. If not, I, no. I just, I guess, I didn't realize how much I liked this until re-listening to it. I guess in my mind, I was kind of like thinking it would be a lower ranking one, but it actually, I didn't. I really didn't anticipate that I would rank it higher than God damn it. But here we are. Yep. Really good. Here we are. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Whoever's listening, and um, yeah, next episode will be agony and irony. Take it easy.